0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro. And by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday. With Andy Gresh, Christian Arcand, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday.
1: On WEEI Football Sunday. There we go. Now I can hear myself as we uh, get back for the, I guess, guys, is this the second half of the season? Arcan Catholic, kind of, maybe? Yeah, we can call it that. Sure, sure. why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, no one's counting. I mean, clearly. Nope. It's, uh, it was one of those, do we have to call it something? Like, honest <laughs> to God. <laughs> well, this, is, uh, this might be... Uh, I don't know. What would have been the worst game in America? Would it have been uh, UMass UConn that I did yesterday or Giants Patriots? That's a hell of a poll right there, I'll yep. tell you, friends. But it uh, it looks like Mac Jones is going to be back in the uh, starting lineup once again. This according to uh, Andrew Callahan of the Herald. And, well, we might as well start right there because this has been An interesting week in Patriot quarterbacks. It's almost as if we were to do like the soap opera version of what went down with this football team over the past two weeks. A lot of it would really be centered on the quarterbacks. I've said from the very beginning, I just don't know if Bill Belichick and crew can talk themselves into we need to play Bailey Zappi because we're sick of this guy, not because Bailey Zappi should be the guy that's in there. It seems like the Patriots – have landed on that but good grief Arkan! what a windy road we took to get here apparently
2: yeah it's been a long windy road really since march i uh, tweeted yesterday all the different transactions that the patriots have made a quarterback this year and if you look at it you would think that there was like a bunch of injuries right like that you know mac got hurt and then zappy guy and all these guys got hurt so they had to bring in all these people like i uh, remember the broncos a couple years ago had that one week where they had a wide receiver playing quarterback yeah. Kendall it was like... Hinton. right yeah, like right. you know you'd think if you looked at this list that that's what happened with the Patriots this year their starting quarterback has not been injured he started every game he hasn't finished every game but he started every game and it's just been a clown car. I mean really that's the the best way of, of looking at it uh waving Will Greer uh yesterday or yeah, I guess the yesterday. day before was sort of an indication that no this this thing's still not done yet this carousel's still going and then when uh, the the report from Callahan came out it just sort of seemed like okay uh, this is this is sort of how we're going. We're we're gonna wait until the very end of the week. We're gonna make a decision, which I believe I don't think that they had this in mind the entire time. I do believe there was some kind of competition here uh, in Week 12, which whatever. I mean, you can draw your own conclusions mm-hmm. about a Week 12 QB competition. But what annoys me the most about this, Gresh, is that it implies that all year long, Mac Jones has been winning the battle in practice and been earning his spot to start and I've just seen enough, you know? Like, that's it. I Maybe they think that there's still something there. Maybe they think it's still really important to the system that whoever has the better week in practice has to start. But it just, at this point, I mean... You know what is that? What does that prove? What does that show that Mac Jones can get it? That he can beat uh, Bailey Zappi and Brad? He can't beat anybody else except Zach Wilson. You know, like other than that, he goes out there and he gets uh, and he gets smoked every week. And he has bad. He has the yips basically. Like, how do you how do you square that up with saying, okay, he was good in practice, but when he gets out onto the actual field, he's got the literal yips. Like, how is that? How do you go back to that? I just don't understand.
3: Yeah, the whole thing is it's been a mess. It's been a mess, like you said, our Kansas March. Really, the quarterback. Position year has been a mess ever since Brady left in March of 2020. Like the Cam Newton thing, not playing Jared sidham going back and forth with those guys. Mac coming in, zappy coming in last year in the uh the Chicago game, and now it's just it's back and forth and back and forth. It really just feels like complete malpractice at the position from Bill Belichick and company um on the offensive side of the football. Now, obviously, as Callahan reported, it looks like Mac Jones' gonna get the start today. Um and you're right, Arcan saying that it felt like they didn't make it. They hadn't truly made a decision this week because I feel like with the way things have operated down there this year, if they did know on Monday or Tuesday, it probably would have got out of the building. Like someone would have squealed, someone would have said something, which makes me think they really did a week twelve quarterback competition. You can't have that in the NFL. Like that's just not how you have to operate a an offense. Like there's rhythm, there's timing, there's execution, and to have those guys split the reps all week. It doesn't put you in the best position to win a football game, especially coming out of a bye.
1: Well, what and and that's where the bye could have tied in a little differently, right. just in terms of the way this went down. Had you moved a practice or two into the bye week, and then done something there, right. and then gotten in and had one day of okay, these guys are going to battle, and then someone is going to sort of take the rest of the reps the rest of the way, then that would at least make uh, a little more sense. If this is the road that they really genuinely wanted to go down. But, uh, you know, Arkandon, you put the long list out there, and what I immediately thought of when I saw that tweet was that those moves are more about Bailey Zappi than Mac Jones.
2: Probably. And I
1: don't know how that correlates into today because it wasn't guys who were starters in the NFL. Like, you know, Mike Garofalo had a tweet. Uh, literally before we went on the air, saying, well, Tommy DeVito had offers from the Commanders and the Patriots, but he chose the Giants, and we'll tell you why, and da-da-da, and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, man, that's the kind of... Put Tommy DeVito in the group of... Mac Corral and Ian Book and people like that, right? And it felt like the Trace Patriots McSorley all yeah. off season, and yeah. it felt like the Patriots have been trying to find somebody maybe almost more to push Mac than anything else or keep the heat turned up on him, and they haven't been able to find it. And now you land on this where you really don't know what's going on. And Arkan, I can I hear. I feel the fan frustration on the. Well, I've seen enough. I think Bill Belichick comes back to who gives us the best chance to win. And it lands on Mac every time. If Zappy is the other choice, and now Will Greer is just persona non grata. Mm-hmm. Brian Baldinger joined us two weeks ago, and when we asked him about Will Greer, he laughed. That's I mean, again, that's a guy who watches all the tape on everybody, and he goes, "Yeah, I don't need to see more of Will Greer."
2: And kind of <laughs> chuckled. It was like Devin all McCourty right. said he might start. To yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. I, but that's but isn't that a part of the whole? the way Belichick has effed with us as fans, and imagine what it's like being in that locker room on that team and trying to figure out, Who was going to be around you and who was going to be the starting quarterback? Yeah, and that's
2: the other thing. It's like, well, Bell's not telling the media anything. (laughs) Ha-ha, in-your-face media. It's like, how about the team? How about the team in the locker room who has to get ready to go out and play with one of these two quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and they don't know who it's going to be? Like, that's annoying. And you're right. I think all these transactions fundamentally are more about Bailey Zappi, but you wouldn't care so much about Bailey Zappi if you felt better about Mac Jones. No, there's no doubt. you You wouldn't be that worried about it. Like, You weren't worried about Matt Gutierrez backing up Tom Brady or Ryan Mallett or any of those, you know, Rohan Davey or any of those guys because he was Tom Brady and it was fine. You weren't ever worried those guys would have to go in because Tom Brady was going to get pulled being down 40 to nothing against Dallas. Like that just didn't happen back then. This was something they were concerned about. This was something going into the year they felt needed to be addressed and sort of worked on. And instead of really working on it and doing what the Colts did and going out and throwing money at Gardner Minshew or somebody who they know is established, they just brought in a million guys who all stink, and none
3: of them can play, and they all get released. They like, cut them just, all besides Mac Jones, of like right. at the end of the preseason. Yeah, and I think and I
1: think Bill looks at at uh, guys like Garner Minshew as wasted money. Like you know, you're gonna have five million for a guy for ridiculous. what type thing?
2: Uh, and, and but it's the whole depends how on how much he spending on his long snapper. Like come on, well, <laughs> I'd rather than be with a backup QB if Mac Jones is your starter. Well, the long snapper is making the
1: veteran minimum. He just happened to have been around a long yeah, time. Right, so right. why would we? Why would we actually recognize that you know the guy's been here a while and that's what veterans make? Yeah. I mean, it used to be seven fifty. Now it's 11 It's just the way of the uh, way of the NFL. So. We know the Mac's going to be in there. Who the hell are they going against today? What are the
3: Giants? They're a team that (laughs) now has... The pause said everything. Well, (laughs)
1: What are they? They're bad.
3: Well, I feel like we haven't even really looked at the Giants this week because the whole... Totally agree. The... The focus has been on the quarterback position. Um, but the Giants, I mean, again, they're arguably their best player, in Dexter Lawrence is probably going to be out up the middle. Um, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is a good like their their defense and the pressure they can get with Wink Martindale. Like that's the strength of their team offensively. Again, we, we just you talked about Tommy DeVito as a guy who threw for two something last week. Looked like he was sort of getting in a groove with Dayball's offense. Obviously, they have Saquon Barkley, but this is a team that just like the Patriots is sort of looking to. Not necessarily tank, but a team that's sort of fighting for draft position right now more than they are for wins.
1: Well, and it's interesting because the Giants had the great year last year. We know that they're now they're on the hook for thirty-five million for their quarterback next year. Good lord, and and that's a that's going to be a rough one. Uh, the Giants should be better than three and eight, and really for me, Arcan. I think it kind of begins and ends with Saquon Barkley. If you allow him to run all over you and kill you today, then the Patriots are going to have a great chance of losing this one, which I know there are some fans that are in the camp of, go ahead, just (laughs)
2: lose at this point. I may be in that camp myself, but also uh, Saquon Barkley, you're right. You don't want him to run all over you. I think he's ninth or uh, top ten in the league in rush yards. But he's done a lot of his damage through the air this year. He has four receiving touchdowns and only one rushing touchdown. Good call uh, this year. So that's a guy that they like to match up with linebackers and safeties, and you know, yep. try and uh, and spring him free in the passing game. And with a guy like Devito, I mean, he just assume uh, take the easy passes there and the easy yards. He did have that nice throw in the uh, in the corner of the end zone to him yep. last week against Washington. But yeah, I'd say that's uh, that's the main thing to look out for is uh, is make sure he doesn't uh, he doesn't get loose in the in the passing game. So we have focused a lot on the uh, on the quarterbacks What about the rest of
1: this Patriots team? And I know that we'll dive deeper into offense, defense, and stuff like that, but just really this group coming off of a bye, I know that Trent Brown is still dinged up. He's dealing with the ankle injury, and that was evident all the way back in the Miami game. I know Connor McDermott is now on the roster permanently, so I don't know if that's necessarily an indicator that he's going to be the starter at left tackle this week. But what about the rest of this group? Normally after the bye, there is the – Well, you know, Belichick and Reed and guys like that, they take advantage coming off the bye. Now there's none of that rhetoric because we've been sitting around kind of waiting to see who the starting quarterback was going to be, which in and of itself was anticlimactic. Yeah,
3: (laughs) Yes, it was. Yeah, it really was. But, uh, I mean, theoretically they're as healthy as ever. I mean, everybody practiced this week. Um, Trent Brown, like you said, obviously banged up. McDermott comes in, which takes out Will Greer of the starting quarterback competition. Um, The one thing I'll say about the team right now is that I mean, they sound relatively motivated. I guess coming out of the bye, they sound like they're saying all the right things. Jelani Tavai obviously comes on the EI every yep. week and then says it uh, to us as well that you know we're looking to win the next game. And teacher twice the same way. So, I mean, mentally, I feel like they're as good as they can be at two and eight. But I mean, as far as the rest of the unit, I mean, the the receivers are still the receivers, the backs are still the backs. Like it's nothing special. And again, it's a it's a two and eight team that feels like they're playing more for or. I guess we're looking forward more to next season than we are to next game.
1: Well, it's funny because uh we talked to Adrian Phillips on Wednesday on Gresham Fourier, and uh he was, you know, we asked him, we're like, Hey, do you care who starts? And he was like, No. Yeah. He like, that doesn't affect me. And he was like, and I see what's going on. And he did drop the I see what's going on in practice line, which we thought was very interesting of the, you know, because Adrian Phillips is one of those dudes where he he's might He's not running down with the scout guys, but he's probably not getting a ton of reps during practice in the week. Like right. He's one of those dudes who can watch and kind of figure it out because he's a vested veteran and been around. But it was interesting to hear him mention. He's like, yeah, you know, we, we see what's going on in practice. And then he sort of talked up Mac and was like, listen, the guy battles, the guy fights, I see it, da-da-da. And it's the thing that people keep coming back to. There was the report of – now, if I got this right, it was Andrew Callahan talked to two people and determined that 80% of the locker room was out on Mac. Do we correlate that or put anything into it? or Because my thought was, if people are out on Mac, you would see it in practice if you're the coaches. So can we assume that maybe more people are on in on him than not, or... Is that just up in the air and who the hell knows? And it's a part of the reporting that goes on now.
2: I don't think he made that up. I mean, I think right. that there's certainly people in the in the building. And it's not just it. It didn't just start now. I think it started last year. Uh, the, even Devin McCourty said that there were splits in the locker room. And I know McCourty also said he thought Will Greer was going to start this week. But, yeah, you know, so he does, he gets info from inside. You we're know, on he the gets,
1: merry-go-round. He <laughs> does, I know.
2: But, I mean, I, I trust him when it comes to stuff like that. I know he has people there, and I know he talks to them. And I think that it's just sort of natural when one quarterback's not playing well for players to say, well, let's try somebody else, and maybe there is in practice uh, Bailey Zappi's not understanding the offense better, but maybe he's connecting to Taequann Thornton a little better, so Thornton would rather that he's the quarterback. You know, like, those things happen all the time, I'd imagine, in these practices. Uh, even on good teams, probably. So, like, that's that's sort of what I what I think of, and in terms of being out on Mac Jones, it's not like the Patriots have a bunch of wide receivers who can sort of look in the mirror and say, man, if I was somewhere else, I'd be putting up 1,000 yards, and I'd have 10 touchdowns by now and blah 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 like they don't have anybody like that they don't have an alpha receiver they don't have someone who's you know a stefan Diggs who's going to keep the pressure on the offense and he's been a pain in the ass this year for buffalo but you know what i mean someone like that who's going to sort of keep the pressure on and say hey i know i'm good and you have to get me the ball there's nobody really like that in this locker room so they're sort of just like well <laughs> no matter who the quarterback is
3: the same outcome really my yeah. take sorry sorry Griff, no just, go my please. take on the um out on mac jones thing yeah is that they're kind of out on him as a player, and what they see on Sundays is like, man, we need to try and change things up. But I still think they enjoy him in the locker room and respect him as a leader because he works hard, and he comes mm-hmm. in every day, and he says the right things. And like you said, Phillips says they see it, and he works hard in practice. So they all talk up Mac Jones and say, no, we're behind him. This is our guy. Then maybe when they go to Germany and he goes and throws two awful throws in the red zone where it's like, okay, we could have won this game if Mac made a made a player here, tour here. They're like, okay, well, now we kind of need a change. But I think they still respect the kind of player and person he is. I just think they kind of feel like something. Yeah, it's it. not like Jack Wilson where they all hate him. Yeah, right? I mean, like, it's yeah not, exactly. Like trash-talking people and doing stupid stuff and, like, whatever. Like, and that's just think why it's guys will still
1: play hard exactly. around him, right. hopefully play hard for him, and then – You know, by the end of the game, everybody is slow singing and flower bringing like they were in Germany. (laughs) But they're at least all together on it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, again, if if people were going to start quitting on Mac, it would become evident, Mm -hmm. I think, in that especially the way he would be protected in games, things like that. I know there's always the big deal made of, ah, nobody helps each other up. That's because this team is – I don't even think these guys in the locker room, so their heads are spinning being like, oh, my God, like I cannot believe – We've woken up the day after, a couple days after Thanksgiving, and we're sitting here at two and eight, heading on the road to take on the uh, the Giants. Um, we might have to either text or get Coach Wiggins on the phone because I don't think uh, I don't think Wednesday Wiggy was thinking about the Sunday. Uh, the Sunday keys to the game. No, because, well, Friday
2: Wiggy doesn't think about it either. No, so. <laughs> that is true.
1: And I saw Wigs yesterday after the uh, after the uh, UMass lost to the UConn. we were walking out in the parking lot, and we just kind of bumped into each other. Let me tell you, he was warm. He <laughs> was, oh, yeah? You know what he looked like? He looked like uh, Ralphie's brother in A Christmas Story <laughs> when they dressed him oh, Randy yeah. and he's yeah. waddling on the ground. Yeah, Wiggs was all uh, layered up. We will talk with Tom Kern at 11 o'clock. Hopefully we will uh, talk with Christian Fourier at uh, noon. He'll jump in. Reverend Arcand will be here at uh, 1120. And in fact, with that, Arcand's got trending.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: W.E.E.I. Football Sunday on W.E.E.I. I I want a Sunday kind of love.
1: Time for the storylines of the game brought to you by Cars for Kids. When it's time for you to donate your car, contact Cars for Kids. They have got the storylines of today's game and I guess the number one storyline is what's gonna happen to quarterback. I guess. Like, are we on constant alert for Zappy coming in, gimmick play, whatever in the world it would be? Like, I, I almost think it is it's kind because of, when you think about the game storylines, okay, how are the Patriots to win this game? How are they gonna handle what the Giants roll out? Da-da-da. And then there's almost like this side storyline of What's going to happen to quarterback for New England? But for us, is that more important than the game
2: today? As a storyline. I mean, kind of, except if they had if they had treated this a little bit differently than it might be. I'm at the point right now, Gresh, where I don't even really care. Like, whoever the quarterback is, it's not gonna be a good game. It's not gonna be a good product. I don't really expect Bailey is gonna be much better. At this point, I kind of just wanna see it for my own eyes, you mm-hmm. know? Like I wanna I wanna just see, like, okay, can we at least get a, a look at this, you know? Can we see what this looks like? Last year it didn't look too bad. It didn't people overrated it maybe, but it didn't look too bad when he played. And can we just maybe get a look at this before we all move on because I believe that neither one of these guys are going to be the quarterback next year so what are you really holding on to you're not giving Mac a contract you're not going to keep Bailey Zappi around uh let's let's just see what there is let's just see something else and I'm annoyed that they're not doing that so I mean it is the story but it's also to me like them being all secretive about it just made me not want to care anymore. Like, all right, fine, you you made your decision, you you screwed with the media, Bill. Good for you. Like, just so you know, no one actually cares, and the fans are starting to leave this team. That's that's what it looks like to me.
3: Belichick's whole "I know something you don't know" thing with the media was cool when they were eight and two and winning AFC championships mm-hmm. every single year. Now, when you're two and eight and you don't have a quarterback, and you're kind of like, ha ha. We What was his, his thing this week was we told everybody to be ready. Yeah. We told everybody to be Like, that's just, like, annoying and stupid because you guys stink, and you clearly just don't have a plan. Um, so that is the storyline, I think, is the quarterback. I think it wouldn't shock me at all if we see Bailey Zappi in this game. Me even, neither. I'm sure he'll probably even, have to come in. I was going to say, even <laughs> if Mac Jones doesn't necessarily stink and throw two interceptions on the first couple drives, it could be a predetermined thing just like it was last year with the whole max's going to start, and then they brought in Zappy in the second quarter against the Bears. Um, the the thing with Zappy, Arcan that you mentioned, and where,
2: that, that all went great, by the way. Well, when they so did that it, it, it was a great trajectory for everyone's career, I think, after that game.
3: Well, they went into that <laughs> game, and and Zappy looked great in his two starts, and then they came out of that game, and it looked that like they had no quarterback because right. both of the guys stunk, and so. Look, yeah, that is the storyline, Gresh. I think, too, the other one that you got to look at, and I mentioned it earlier, is draft position. And again, I hate, I don't want to use the word tanking because neither team's going into this game to lose, but both fan bases probably want their team to lose today. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play, what it looks like towards the end of the game, and then ultimately, like, scoreboard watching the rest of the league. And I can't believe we're doing this. It's not even December. Well, but that's kind of uh, what – that's kind of the storyline here. I mean, I, I winning, hate the losing. tanking
1: talk because you don't control it. Right, Like, I know. like that's the I, – I, I, I get it as a concept and as an idea. Sure. The problem is you don't control it. And you can do your best to try to stink your way to the top. And if you're still with the fourth pick – you uh, one could argue that uh, that the quarterbacks and right. Marvin Harrison could end up being gone, and you still end up with the tackle that Belichick might take third anyway, yeah. because it's just the way it is. If he is the guy here, now there is that piece of this as well. And even as an aside on today's game, last week there was the Bill talk. There is the I mean, look at Washington. They got they got pounded by the Cowboys. They fired their defensive coordinator. Yep. Now it's like, wait a minute here. Wait. New owner, a coach that isn't set in stone. You're firing the defensive coordinator. It makes me start to think in Washington that the new owner, Josh Harris, is starting to, I don't know, maybe make suggestions, whisper to people, or start to figure things out. So does the Belichick watch kind of get put on hold for the next couple of weeks, or does it percolate? Depending on the results of the games of the next couple of weeks,
2: I don't know. I don't think so. I think that whole talk is over with. Like, if there was going to be something that happened there, I right. think it probably would have happened during the bye week or Agreed. after the bye week. Oh, you mean like Bill getting fired? Isn't that what you're talking about? No, no. I'm <laughs> talking about where are
1: we on the other organization sort of setting themselves up? Oh, to maybe, to get maybe make a run at Bill or and how, that. And I how are okay. we keeping an eye on that the next that you know, talk's five or six stop. weeks?
3: I don't think that talk's going to stop for the rest of the season. I think. think Think you're going to hear that every single week now. And again, you're right. I don't think if there was going to be a firing, it was going to be last week. Arkin, but you can't do it now. They're not going to do it now. It's been so bad. There's been so many lows in this season, and that would have been in theory when you fire your coach. Bill's going to be here for the rest of the year, but I don't think that talk's going to stop, Gretch. I think every single week you're going to have Florio floating things and Orlovsky floating. Like, that's not going to stop for the rest of the season because this is the time where you have to sort of start to lay the groundwork for things
1: like And that. I wonder how many other teams start to sniff around if they think it's real. Mm-hmm. Like, we've only really heard of Washington and then there could be other possibilities, right? right? Like that nut down in Carolina, Tepper. He's starting to tinker around already with his a brand-new head coach and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So it makes you wonder if they would jump in. But will there be other teams that will kind of slide – uh, down the standings but up the draft order who might start to look around and say, hey, how does this uh, all work for us? Now, by the way, quickly. Well, can I really just, uh, just no, say No, no, please, go ahead.
2: The Gi- please. If you don't beat the Giants, like, will it go on all year? It, things keep getting worse? Like, are more teams going to get interested in I Bill Belichick? Think, like, I don't think there. so.
1: I don't think Bill's value gets affected by what happens the rest of the way. No? Well, because you're bringing him in for two things. Yes, it is the, the football end of it. And look. If all it takes is one bad year to wipe away 23 good ones then there're going to be a lot of coaches that are going to be out of work and a lot
2: of teams that are going to have to lower their standards a little bit sure but you're not signing the guy from the 23 good ones you're signing the guy at the end of his career who sucks now
1: well so so basically
2: <laughs> yeah. so basically
1: you you're of the this is who Bill Belichick is he's a two or three win coach every year now like that's where i don't think executives in the NFL look at him that way I mean, we've had many who have said they'll be lining up to get Bill. I think Orlowski might have said it on on either your show or McCourty or whatever. Yeah. I do think there will be people that would be in on Bill. And, again, it only takes two teams to look at him as someone that calms their organization down. And I know right now it isn't good here. But if you're in Washington, there's no way you don't look at what Bill represents and what he can do for that organization. And it's funny. We've been talking about the stadium What happened two weeks ago? They play a game, no hot water because the place is a dump. The owners got to get extra credibility down there. Bill helps them. I think this Bill's is going to be the new plumber. No, but I think <laughs> Bill. Bill. No, Bill's the guy who can walk into the people of Washington D.C. and the whole, you know, how are we going to get some public funding in Maryland or whatever? Right. And those people kind of be like, oh my god, they get googly eyed. No, I don't the- think I, I. While we're down
3: on Bill here, I don't think the rest of the league looks at him as if he's Josh McDaniels. I don't think so either, and I also think that the bringing in Belichick, you're not going to bring him in, and at least he's going to have to, like, you know, take this to heart and understand that he can't be the head of personnel anywhere anymore because that's the problem here. The roster's so bad, so he can't coach the way he wants to coach and get success because you just don't have the talent. So that's why I think a team like the Chargers, who already has – a solid GM in Tom Telesco. They just have a crappy head coach in Brandon Staley. You plug Belichick in there with a roster that's already ready-made to essentially compete in the AFC, that's the type of team he has to go to.
1: Well, it's funny. We keep saying that about the Chargers, and yeah, they never good. compete.
3: They have, their their head coach stinks. Like Brandon Staley stinks. That I think that's the problem. Because uh, their th- offense plays well. Kellen Moore calls a good system.
1: Justin Herbert feels like Matt Stafford 2.0. Bill oh, would go, go there and then. trade him. Bill would go in and trade Herbert? And trade Herbert. <laughs> he would. Could you imagine Like that? he's Bernie right. Kosar. Oh. He'd be out of there. Well, if the uh, if the contract didn't get renewed, I would not rule that yeah. out. But once they once they started paying him like 35 and $40 million, right. it does make it harder. But there are guys like uh, Russell Wilson. You know, like Denver could get out underneath Russell Wilson. Although Wilson's turning it around and they're starting to play better and all that stuff. Um, in terms of the game today... What is the biggest worry about the Giants on either offense or defense?
2: for me offensively it's that they may have found something with DeVito after last week and it's not because I think he's some diamond in the rough or anything like that but they did go into Washington who was a division opponent uh, on the road and he played a good game you know he took care of the ball he didn't turn it over they forced a bunch of turnovers on Washington more than the Patriots did and I always sort of do that and you're not really supposed to do that but I I sort of think about matchups with teams the Patriots have already played and the Giants going in there and sort of doing that to Washington a Washington team the Patriots had a lot of trouble with And I just sort of think, you know, the Giants aren't good. No one's ever going to mistake them for like a good NFL team, but they are on a, may have discovered something here. They may be, uh, have some momentum and the Patriots just had an extra week to think about one of the more embarrassing losses that they've had, uh, really all year. And it's been a year full of embarrassing losses. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's it mindset. And the idea that maybe the Giants, uh, found a little spark there with DeVito.
3: Yeah. I think you look at it from the Giants offense. And the one thing that, you know, Belichick said all week and, Guys on defense said all week, you know, you got to stop Barkley, you got to stop Barkley, you got to stop Barkley. Yeah. Maybe they just completely overlooked Tommy DeVito, like you said, Arkane, who had a pretty good game last week. Yeah. And could you know come out here and sling the ball, and you're not even worried about him because you're so focused on the run game that he goes and throws 300 yards and three touchdowns on your on your on your defense. Uh, offensively for the Patriots, it's going to be again, like I said earlier in the show. Mitigating the pass rush, Kayvon Thibodeau's a monster. Bobby Okariki. not necessarily in the pass rush, but he leads the NFL in tackles. I'm pretty sure. I like it. The he's a five. good uh, uh cover. Language. Yeah, yeah, so, he's yeah. good. And He's
1: also had three last names. It's Okereke, oh, it? Okereke, oh, yeah. yep. and then they, they pronounce it like a whole bunch of different. Okidoki. Yeah, Okie I probably dokey. said it yeah. wrong. So no, but, no, you actually said it right. Oh, it I did. Think. All right, yeah. look at that. No, you did the yeah. But,
3: But so, yeah, I mean, that that that's the one really strength of their defense is that, you know, that front seven there. So that's going to be that's going to be the problem, especially with the Patriots offensive line banged up with Trent Brown. Not we don't know if he's going to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, I go right to both offensive lines because if you look at DeVito, uh, the one thing that he's done, like he's had one good game and that was last week. Right. But the the consistent has been he's been sacked twenty times, I do believe. Mm. Hold on, five. Twenty two times. Yeah, He
2: got sacked nine times against one. Yeah. yeah,
1: nine times against so to me, this is a week where the Patriots defensive line that should be fresh. There are no real injuries. They've played without Judon long enough now that they've been able to adapt. That defensive group should be able to get after uh, DeVito in a big way. Now, you give the guy credit. He overcame, I think it was, five first-quarter sacks or something stupid like that. And nine overall in the game to play well against Washington Then again, Washington also fired their defensive coordinator off of this. So maybe that's at least what maybe they think about uh, Tommy DeVito. And I do think there is a massive Barkley element to it. But what about where the Patriots go offensively from here? Do we think now that there's been a bye and there's been so much talk about the quarterbacks, is there going to be a different presentation on offense? Whether it's a little more run game, whether we see Zeke and Ramondre in a little more, I don't know if we're finally going to get some Kayshawn Booty or if, you know, Devontae Parker is going to be back out there at some point. Do we see anything different offensively, Arkan, from the Patriots, considering we've just been focused on the quarterbacks the whole time?
2: Yeah, I think if you see Kayshawn Booty or you see Devontae Parker, they're going to be out there blocking. I think that's the kind of game you're going to see today. Uh, You sort of saw it at the end of the Colts game. You know, it was a while ago, and we sort of forget. But before that interception, it was almost like the Bills game in the monsoon. You know, it was just handoff after handoff over and over and over again to get down the field and to get in position for that big, hideous red zone uh, turnover. But, like, that sort of seemed like the way they were going. They were like, all right, we're, we're taking it out of Mac's hand. We have to establish something here. We're going to hear Wiggy, I'm sure, tell us about establishing the run. But I think it's going to be more than establishing the run. It's going to be leaning on the run. It's going to be running all day for four quarters with maybe a pass mixed in here or there. I don't think that they trust Mac at all uh, as good. Or as bad as Wait, do you practice say we're going back
1: week? to five passes like Buffalo? I think I, I think I think we say. may
2: be going that in that direction. I think I don't know if it's going to be five, but I think you're going to see uh, a very different ratio
3: of passes to runs. They might be dusting off that that Buffalo playbook from a few years ago. I don't see again with the way that they handled the quarterback situation this week. If they, so,
1: I hope Trent Brown's playing.
3: Yeah, I know, but <laughs> it's,
1: that's kind of a big part of it, right? No pun. It,
3: yeah, but they don't have they don't really have a a starting quarterback this week. Like they do in theory, they're going to put Mac out there, but they don't have enough faith in him to even call him the quarterback all week. So clearly they're just going to lean on the run game. I think with a bye week in between, you have Ramondre get healthy. Zeke looks fresh this year. He's looked fresh just about every week. So you go back and forth with those two guys, pound the rock. And that's how I think they're going to. Zeke has been shockingly good because
1: I wondered about his attitude. And with that guy being in a locker room, Where I'm not saying there's locker room turmoil, but this has not been the typical normal year that we're used to around here. Even if you were 500, you wouldn't be as worried about it. But at 2-8, and eight, Zeke has been a model citizen. He showed up. He's worked his ass off. Like, I'm a big fan of the guy. I, I do hope they keep him around. Uh, I would assume that in the next couple of weeks here, he's going to have a chance to eat and maybe uh, set a market position for himself next season that could help
2: him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I think Trent Brown probably is going to play because I keep seeing this video on Twitter of him walking into uh, MetLife, and he's dressed like – I don't know he how looks, to describe He, he looks like, like Jim, a giant Walker no, Texas Ranger. He,
1: he looks like Jim Ross, the wrestler. <laughs> yeah, announcer like JR, with the cowboy right, hat. Yeah, he's, yeah, got, yeah, the he's got the cowboy
2: hat, leather jacket. He's got this uh, – he, he's walking fine. No so limp, yeah. I would imagine that uh, he's playing. You don't dress like that if you're not playing. I don't uh, you wouldn't think so. I mean, yeah. I know he's a snazzy dresser and
1: he's got a lot of money, but still, that's a, uh, that's a hell of a look. A cowboy look in New York. Mm. You would think if you were in, like, Arizona or Dallas or something like that where, you know, there might be some ranches or something, you'd uh, roll that out – then again, I don't know. He wouldn't dress like a Broadway dancer and go walking in. Where's That'd he from? A, where's Trump Brown from? I want to say he is a Florida guy, I think. Let's that's see. a good question. Uh,
3: yeah, I was actually is, thinking about this this week because he is born his, in Texas with oh, a high Texas. school in Georgia. Uh, that's what it is. What? Was okay. he
1: Lamar
2: Odom?
3: Uh, military <laughs> kid,
2: I think. Oh, Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, they use that for Lamar as well. (laughs) He's ended up at URI with an Escalade or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that would be big if Trent Brown would be in there. And then Connor McDermott is up. So maybe if we start to think about the – it's funny, the Buffalo game plan – What was a big part of that game plan? You went to 6-0 linemen in that one. Right. And you know you got Farrell Brown, so you know you can go seven across if you really want to, even though Farrell Brown has been uh, much better at catching the ball than I think uh, any of us really would have expected. For those of you who do like to follow these things, as of right now going into today, the Patriots own the third pick in the draft. And as a resource for those who do not know where to find the current information, Tankathon.com is yep. the best source to go to to be able to get the updated draft order. And uh, they put in there the strength of schedule as well, which is going to be mm. who would have thought, guys, that of all the things in all the world, of all the tiebreakers that we have discussed or looked at in 20 some odd years of Bill Belichick. Who would have thought that we would be focusing on strength of schedule in the draft order as one of the big tiebreakers that the Patriots need to be mindful of?
3: Before December of 1st, too. We're talking about this at the end of November. We're not even talking like, oh, end even, of season right. draft order. Like, we, we have nothing, not that we have nothing to look forward to, but there's seven games left, and we're already talking about the draft order. Well, what's
1: crazy is, is that Buffalo right now is 6-5. and five. They're out of the playoffs, and they would have the 18th pick. <laughs> like it's but it's amazing with the the, the yeah. cutoff right. in other sports like hell and hockey they let half of them in for God's sakes right. and then it's like, wait, how can a playoff team be drafted 15th and you scratch your head and you look at the cutoff and you realize there's Denver at sixteen there's Cincinnati at seventeen there's Buffalo at eighteen. There are still some pretty good teams that are in here. So this shuffling in the draft order, Chargers at
3: eleven. Chargers are at eleven. <laughs> right. How
1: about that? At Four and six, and the Rams, and and how is Tampa four and six? I have no idea.
3: I think they started three and zero too.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah their strength of schedule is uh, is is not great. It's not Atlanta's, but theirs has uh, theirs has not been great. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, we'll hope to connect with Coach Wiggins, and if not, we'll figure out something else on WEI Football Sunday. Love it.
0: Now, more of the guys. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI.
1: It is the Patriots and the Giants at one o'clock, and of course, uh, Fitzy and Hart we'll have the six rings post game show coming your way right after the game here on Boston and New England Sports Original WEEI and joining us now after a uh, a big day of turkey and a big day of freezing his ass off sitting on those metal benches at UMass here with his keys to the game is the coach Jermaine Wiggins Wiggy how are you this morning
4: I'm doing well Greg I bring one of them little seats so I don't have to sit on the cold bench I got one with the little <laughs> Backrest back rests on and everything hooks right up to the metal so I can lean back.
1: Yeah, Wiggs, I, uh, you looked like Randy from A Christmas Story <laughs> yesterday. You were bundled up. You were nice and warm. And uh, you had yep. the, uh, that big puffy coat, man. You weren't playing.
4: No, no, no. I felt like George Cassandra in uh, that episode. <laughs> I need to stay warm.
1: It, it wasn't Gore-Tex, though. It was not Gore-Tex. Well, uh, curious for your three keys, especially now that – Andrew Callahan has dropped the nugget that it looks like Mac is going to start today.
4: Well, I would say always key number one, Gresham, I know you love this, but I think it's so easy for an offense and it helps the quarterback Is you got to be able to establish the run. you got to establish the run early, and I think that's going to help you as an offense, which then leads to you being able to play action and leads to help with protection. So that's key number one. Wiggy, I
2: don't key think they're going to establish the run. I think they're just going to run all day. I don't think they're going to pass the ball.
4: Well, I you ha, you know what you still you got to be able to throw the football. I don't care what level it's at. Sooner or later, it comes down to it. But when you're able to establish the run, it makes everything easy for that offense – for those offensive linemen. Gresh will tell you that D line can't pin their ears back, and it makes things easy easy for the quarterback, especially with play action. I right, wigs number two. Okay. Second key is simple create issues for Danny DeVito, a.k.a. Tony DeVito. You know, he's a young quarterback. If you, can, if you can disguise certain looks and you can create issues for him, maybe that leads to turnovers. If you look at this defense for the past couple of weeks, they've been able to create turnovers. What that will do is that will help the offense, give you short fields. So defensively, especially for a young quarterback and with Bill Belichick's defense, is create issues in disguising stuff so i think that's super important for that defense is to create those issues when it comes to disguising your defense all right Wiggs in that number three today and the final thing is i, I think it always comes down to this mac jones in that passing game can you make plays and can you do the things that you need to do from a receiver uh skill position standpoint tight ends running backs and mac jones be having the ability to go out there and make plays in the passing game. You're going to have to do it. It's going to have time, especially in the red zone. you got to be able to come away with t- uh, touchdowns rather than uh, field goals. But it's all about that passing game and making things a little bit easier for Mac, simple, quick passes, get the ball out of his hands, get it to the very limited playmakers that he has, but at least get that ball out of his football hands. Those Wig- are the keys from
2: the coach. Wiggy, have you ever gone this long in the, into a week, into a game week, without knowing who your starting quarterback was going to be?
4: You know what? I, I never I mean, I mean, never had, and I think a lot of those players had, and I know we had Greshaw our crossover one time, and I had said this. I, I knew for some reason I was like, well, I always thought it was going to be Mac Jones. I never was leaning towards it was going to be Bailey Zapp because, you know, they cut Bailey Zappi. They let him go. They have basically said if anybody wants him, they can have him. I might have had a little bit of leaning towards Will Greer because I think they wanted to see what he could potentially do. But them cutting him tells me that they obviously felt like they saw enough in practice to know he wasn't ready. So I always kind of lean towards, I think they're going to go with Mack for the rest of the year. it would be a lot of growing pains, or not growing pains, but it's going to be a lot of pain because I think he's looking at it like, I'm probably not going to be back next year. We don't know what's going on with Bill Belichick. And I think, you know, when you're a quarterback and you have you're unsure you're unsure of your future, it's very difficult, especially when your team's only got two wins. But I knew it was gonna be Mack, though.
1: Uh I was kinda with you, Wiggs, just in terms of I don't think Bill can talk himself into Playing zappy and thinking that uh, that is best for uh, everyone, Coach. Thank you, friend. We appreciate it. What was the biggest thing that Coach Wiggins learned this year as a coach in high school? Fun- now yeah. the season is over. With what was the what was the biggest learning moment for Jermaine Wiggins?
4: That you know what, it, it's a lot of grown pains when you have a freshman quarterback who just turned 14 years old. But you know what? Also, now you got three years with a kid who's you know basically was baptized by fire so i think that was the good part of 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 having a young quarterback you knew you were going to deal with some things but you also knew that once you you were going to have him for the next 3 years
1: there you go so uh, uh coming to a thursday or friday soon wiggy in a state title game and me Fair being able, and then me being able to finally get to the whole list of jokes that I've been writing <laughs> to be able to get to the good stuff. Hey, Wiggs, thanks, friend. We appreciate thanks, it. Wiggy. We'll see you tomorrow on the Greg Hill Show. You got it later. All right, man. There goes uh, our guy Jermaine Wiggins with us on the uh, with us on the Harbor One. He said Danny, aka Tony. He DeVito. did Tony DeVito. Tony, yeah. Not only did he get it wrong once, he got it wrong <laughs> twice. It's just tremendous. beautiful. And there's no need to correct him either. Nope. It's like nope. That's Let out, out of the mind of Wiggs. And there you go. Mm-mm. We understood what he meant. If he just said DeVito, it wouldn't have been his. Funny, right. but Yeah, when he rolls up uh, the Danny DeVito and then uh, Tony, Tony DeVito, <laughs> Tony DeVito, I think is a wrestler in WWE, as crazy as that sounds. It's like some guy's got a mafia character or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I don't even know if there was a Tony DeVito in sports anywhere. See, I wonder if Wiggs actually kind of told us like, yeah, he, he knows wrestling. That's what yeah, it was. It seeped into his Good subconscious day. or whatever. I have no idea. Uh, we got our friend uh, Tom Curran coming up here at the uh, top of the hour. Reverend Arkan will be in after that. Then we'll have some inactives. And I got to say. I don't think this is a real uh, active and active list, right? Right. Like this is going to, it seems like everybody is upright. So I don't want to say it's going to be standard operating procedure, but I think we might be able to figure out some of the uh, dudes that are going to be left off the active list. I don't know if there's anybody that, I mean, Trent Brown might be
3: the only one, right? That was Trent, uh, maybe Devontae Parker. He was uh, limited this week, still with the concussion, but it's been like three or four weeks now. Uh, Wise and Bentley too, right? Weren't they? Yeah, Bentley. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Bentley
1: was the one to ding-dong. I know why he's played, even though right. he was dinged over in Germany.
3: Bentley had the hammy. He didn't play. Uh, he traveled but didn't play. I thought that was odd. The other one, which it's kind of been flushed out now with Will Greer getting waived and Malik Cunningham not getting pulled up, but the whole emergency third QB thing, they have no one they can do that with now, so... So it's, it's just the two Mac you and got, Zappy. and that's it. They're going to be active, and then there's going to be no QB on inactive. So. Yeah,
1: we always took for granted having Edelman on the roster, yeah, knowing right. that you had the uh, the true emergency quarterback right. if needed. <laughs> we head into our two W E E I football Sunday. Tom Curran joins us next.